so under the theme step up step out i'm preaching part six the mystery of sacrifice the word mystery comes from the word mysterio which means hidden secret the mark of an apostle is the revealing of things that their hands has handled that the mark of a true apostle is that he reveals things that his hands have handled as it relates to the mysteries of scriptures every true apostle will teach you things based on scripture an apostle that teaches you things that has no scriptural basis is not an apostle anytime i would stand here or anybody will stand here and teach a mysterious truth and does not have scriptural examples that shows you line upon line more than one scripture to prove its point because the bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses a word is a stuff so if the person cannot show you more than two scriptures you know why because somebody can pick one scripture and overstretch the truth so the person must be able to establish the truth of what he's teaching if not listen i am your pastor don't listen to the person the person is talking to you about rubbish in first john chapter 1 verse 1 the bible says that which was from the beginning which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life the word of what for the life was manifested so he's telling that what i'm about to teach you is the word of life he said for the word was manifested and we have seen it number one so the word was manifested it was revealed it became evident there was a proof of the word he said and we have seen it and bear witness not only do we see but we we can testify he said and show unto you that eternal life so this word that is manifested that word is a word that lives on so anybody that that takes hold of that same word the same word lives on in the person's life the word doesn't die daddy anume who sang it? That song, as long as civilization will be there and people will play the song, the writer of the song would always be known. True or false? Uh-huh. How come when I sang the song, I'm the one singing, yet you say, could you entry? Because you remember the author of the song. He says that the word wherever this word will be preached and people will live it that word has eternal life in it in other words it doesn't die the word works for anybody in any place irrespective of your race or creed he says which was with the father and was manifested so even god the word was with him and now it was manifested unto us so as an apostle, I come to teach you the word of life. In Psalm 126 verse 1 to 6, he says, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, who were like them that dreamed, then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue with singing, then said they among the heathen, 
The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. Whereof we are glad. Look at it. I like the last part. He that goeth forth. Verse 5. Look at it. He said, They that sow in tears shall reap in. You sow in what? You reap in what? So when you want to reap in joy, what do you do? Are you getting it now? He said, Then he goes to verse 6. He's now, see, he's now doubling down on what he said. He says, He that goeth forth and weepeth. Very precious seed. He hold the seed is precious. I'm, I'm weeping. I'm burying it. He says, "Shall doubtlessly, in other words, without any questioning, you would come back when you weep with a precious seed in your heart to go and sow." He says, "Shall doubtlessly come with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves proofs with him." That's what it means. When I carry a precious seed and I'm crying, by the time I come back, the resource is in my hands. I'm not just talking about money. Sometimes loving a human being is difficult. Sometimes keeping quiet is difficult. But when you sow a seed of honor, people are insulting you, but you are sowing a seed of honor. He says you would doubtlessly come back with the resource of honor in your hand. The challenge we have is, as believers, we, we want comfort too much. But this scripture has showed us that anybody that goes to plant, you plant weeping. Nobody plants rejoicing. <laughs> That's what he's saying. It means that if you want to build your life, the quality of your life is dependent on the tears you shed when you were building it. Excuse me, please. I'm not a foolish man. I'm super intelligent. That I get money I'm putting in the church is based on the scripture. Every money that comes, hmm, everyone now some of my people don't want to give me money again because they say when they give me the money, I give it to church. Somebody say, Nancha will mean more house came come my church. I'm church. Let me tell you something. Because in this life, if you want to be a fulfilled person. You must live according to the scripture. The Bible says if you are faithful to another man's God will give you your own. But when you are with somebody's and you are not, it's not costing you anything to plant that seed. It will not, you will live an ordinary life. You see, the altar of sacrifice is the altar of proofs of turnarounds. The altar of sacrifice is the altar of proofs of turnaround. In other words, nobody sacrifices and there's not a turnaround. We are talking about Amazon today because Jeff Bezos made people invest with him and never paid dividend for 20 years. But in the 20th year when he declared profit, all of them became billionaires. You call it overnight success. You are dreaming. They've been waiting for 20 years to eat from the fruit of their labor. 20 years. You eat every day. 20 years will come. Many of you could have gone to school, no matter your age, to improve upon yourself. But you look at yourself and ah, I'm aging. Ah, ah, ah. Many of you, your marriage would have worked if you had just been 
a bit sacrificial. You have house of one, house of two, house of three, house of four, house of five. You've just been married for four years. You've already taken seven houses. That even your husband's bed, a house of lace it. Your husband's panties, a house girl washes it. Your husband's food, a house girl cooks it and serves it. I want to ask you a question, sir. Madam, please don't be angry with me. What is your usefulness in that marriage? Because then it's just you are there for us to have sex with you and give you money. Then you and prostitute, what's the difference? Everything they are doing for you. There was your usefulness in the house. House, herself will clean. Children, herself will bath. Everything. So what is your usefulness? You see, in every relationship, if it doesn't cost you something, your relevance will no more be needed. Somebody must tell you the truth, lah. I'm not saying you don't need help. What I'm saying is there are some things only you must do. Some things, let it even cost you something to do so that you maintain your relevance in that marriage. That is why the men are cheating now. It is not an excuse, but what is your usefulness? Because how much is it costing you to be in the marriage? Or you are just there to just show up. That's why people don't like the church. Because they said that here, they will tell you. Hmm? Now, whoa. Hmm? Now, whoa. Hmm? It's because I love you. I don't want to fast over something that a little sacrifice could have done. One of my friends is God. He would have left his wife. I told him that I wouldn't be there. I said, Odi, I wash my own clothes. When I get to the house, my wife is in the hall watching TV. Then he will come and tell me that, eh, where's my food? It's in the kitchen. Oh, let's talk. Mm, I'm watching telenovela. Let's go and do my mini papa. They're my bread. He said, I'm going to get a girl. And can I tell you something? He actually started though. I was shocked that the guy was going to buy food and send it to a girl every afternoon. Why wouldn't he do it? Because the girl, have you eaten? Have you eaten? What am I saying? What I'm saying to all of you in this place is this. If it doesn't cost you anything in a relationship, or if you're in a relationship with somebody and it doesn't cost the person anything, disconnect from that relationship. How can you be a taker only? Disconnect. Married people, you are not part. Don't give you an excuse. Pastor said we should disconnect. You cry. That's not that. I beg you. I beg you. I said, what? The altar of sacrifice is the altar of proofs of turnaround. See, God is never in need. John chapter 1 verse 16. God is never, you see, it says, and of his fullness have we all received grace for grace. God is never in need. God doesn't need anything. And Faith Life Church is a proof that God doesn't need your money. Whether you give or not, whatever God wants to do, he will do. True or false? First Corinthians chapter 4 verse number 7. Says, for who make thee to differ from another? Who? Who is it that brings a distinction in your life? And what has thou that thou did not receive? He says, if thou didst receive it, why does thou glory as if thou hast not received it? Give me NIV or NLT for this scripture. Says, for who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? 
And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? There are many of us, this is our problem. We, we, we behave as if whatever we have received. That's why we don't pay tight. A lot of you here, you don't pay tight in this church. It's as if it's my money. Sometimes, eh? Just go to Kulebu. You find out that money is nothing. You can get one problem overnight. You lose everything. No, I know of a lady whose husband got sick. They flew to South Africa. Apparently in South Africa, it's cash and carry. Do you know what cash and carry is? When the doctor comes to check, an oncologist comes, before the doctor will check, he will quote a price. You must pay him there. Yes, he has POS in his pocket. You put your card and you pay him before he takes care of you. It's not like you are, you are finishing then you go and pay. You pay. When the nurse comes, you pay. When this comes, you pay. Within one week, this sister who is saving money. And they went to do hip surgery. You can just imagine. Two or three and that whole year. I said, Daniel, say scanary because you are back. Listen, whatever you have, you first receive. If today God has blessed you, don't let your spouse or your partner think that they are nobodies because today you have times can change. The seasons can shift. But I want you to understand that in this life, there is nothing that you have that you do not receive. And except the Lord protects it for you, it can be exposed overnight. One problem! One color, maybe not you, but somebody close to you that you have to sell everything. You can own a story building today, tomorrow you can lose it. Please, if it is in your power to be a blessing to somebody, be a blessing to the person because you never know. Psalm 50, verse 10 For every beast of the forest is mine. And the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains. And the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I will not tell thee. For the world is mine. And the fullness thereof. Who said it? God. God is saying whatever it is, is mine. So when, when, when we come to God, we need to understand that. First, God gave us what we have. God is the one who made us different. That we all went to look for employment, but when we spoke, we spoke intelligently that they employed us. God is the one who opened the door for us. In this life, there can be a series of events that will cut off whatever you have completely. But when you recognize that whatever you have is God, and that whatever you are doing must be something that you do to bring glory to God. When you recognize that the money you have is not yours, you are just a steward. You will enjoy, yeah, and not struggle. But there are many of us we withhold, we withhold, we withhold, then we struggle. One of the most ironic things I found as a pastor, as a pastor is in my many years of being around past, uh, church members and pastors is this. The poorest among every church are those who don't give. There are those who are wise in their own eyes. They're poor. <laughs> That's why they remain poor, 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 poor. Because they come to church very spiritual, but they don't live based on principles of God's word. So what does God require of us? First Chronicles chapter 29 verse 3. I'm going to show you what made David to be blessed. 
What made Solomon to be blessed? Look at it. First Chronicles chapter 29 verse 3. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of my own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. The mindset. God said to David, you build me a house. David said, of my own proper good. Because I have set my affection to the house of my God. I want to ask you a question. Where is your affection? When you come to church and people are not in church, do you set your affection on the house of God? Do you think about Do you go out of your way to make sure that the church looks decent and nice? He said, because I have set my affection on the house of God. People, listen. Pastors can misbehave. They can chop their money. When it comes to Christianity, it is not corporate. It is individual relationship with God. God rewards us according to our faith and affection for him. Listen. In this difficult season where people are struggling, I am not struggling. I'm enjoying grace unusual. David said, because of my affection, because I've set my affection to the house of my God, I have of my own proper good. I have of my own proper good of gold and silver which I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared. So he said, I prepared, but I'm giving more than what I prepared. Why do we still mention David's name in the Bible? Because of this. That's how come David will see Goliath and take a stone. And a stone will kill a giant. Because when you set your affection on God, God magnifies the little things in your hands. He says, I have prepared for the holy house. Both riches and honor come of thee. And thou reignest, verse 12. So David is showing us his understanding. That both riches and honor. It means that, do you know there are people who have riches but they don't have honor? Oh, hello, talk to me. Do you know there are people who have riches but they don't have honor? In this nation? Yeah. He says, both riches and honor come of thee. And thou reignest over all people. And in thy hand is power and might. He says, influence comes from you. The ability to act comes from you. Power is the ability of an entity to control its environment and the behavior of other entities within the environment. Um, Colin 69 says power is the ability to act. So based on these two things, to even influence your environment, he says it comes from you. He says might comes from you. Honor comes from you. Power comes from you. Look at it. And in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. It is in whose hands? You see, this is what brings the distinction. Remember I quoted a scripture that says that who makes, who makes it the difference between you and others. That's it. That's what it says. He says, he says hmm. Now therefore our God we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I? And what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this all? For all things come of thee, and of thy own have we given thee. Do you believe that whatever you have first belongs to God? He says of our own. That's why David was so rich. 
His son, the thing even transcended to his next son, Solomon. And he, he broke through. David is dead. Other kings in Israel came. Nobody remembers them. Why David? This is the philosophy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, every time God will test your commitment to him. In Genesis chapter 22 verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass after these things, that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah. And offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell of thee. Let me tell you something. Do you know when God said this thing? God did two things. One, he told Abraham to let Ishmael and his mother live. So, he doesn't know whether they survived or they died. He didn't know where they went, so he cannot go and trace for them. Then the Bible says, after these things, God came to tempt the guy. He wanted to know... When God comes to tempt you for the least you have, will you give him? Mm. He made you lose a deal. Now he's telling you that the deal that you got, the one that you want to go and buy a Ferrari, wanted to buy my wife a car. She wanted a car. We had only one car. It was not working. Then, I had worked for a client, UMB, for three years. They had not paid me. Then after three years, I wanted to buy my wife a car. Then they released the money. They didn't even pay all. They paid some. So after they did the tax deductions and everything, I was left with 75000 Somebody had a car, Kia Sorento. At the time, it was 75000 The person said, do you pay or pay some? And the rest spread it. As a young pastor, I've gotten a car. We have started this church. I have to prove a point to everybody that me too have arrived. That living in ICGC doesn't mean that I am destitute. I have arrived. I need to buy a car. And, and you see, Ashanti men, we like bragging. So I want to, I want to brag some more and let people know that hey. When I also say, my talk I'm here. So I said, okay, let me pay my tithe. 30%. Nah. So I said, no, okay, let me give God some. So I gave 30,000 today. That thing was, give me everything. So I told my wife that my money I made thirty thousand. Mm. I saw in my mouth phone soon tears can it be one of them a come say scanna ye nya and I'm funny in a manyami. Yan toss as you what's it say? So what man yami be a yeah? And I'm saying Makuma, Makuma catch them and see him physically in a manyami. No, I said why are white drink? I don't know catch them. If you've made up your mind, why are you telling me? Okay, oh dear, Mate, you're from Miami. I carried all the money and sold. 70 Hamad. We didn't have a land. Somebody had told me to go and put the money at men's gold. That when the money grows, I will eat from it. Then I can use that to help the church because he he won't give his money to God. Oh, he will do that, and then after that he can. That that is wisdom. I said, me, I can't do that. God too is an investment, so I give it to God. The guy lost all his money. He lost what? Me, 
that very year, I bought one and a half plot behind MFs in Sakumono. Hello? Hello? That year, by the time the year was ending, my wife's boss bought her a car. Brand new tear rubber. She drove the car. When she was leaving the company, they dashed that car. Because, and do you know the price of the car at the time they bought it? 75000 When you trust God, he has a way of compensating you for what you did for him. He says, give and it will come back to you. He says, a good measure, press down, shaking together, running over. You know what he said? He didn't say you give it to you. He says, wait, the same measure that you gave me. I look at how much it costed you. Then I will cause men to give to you according to the measure it costed you. Scripture says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, so shall. So when you sow small, you will reap small. When you sow large, you will reap large. When you sow gargantuan, you will reap. That's how the thing works. You see, when we talk of sacrificial giving, we are talking about giving things out, even when it is not convenient. Even when it's what? You see, not only are we talking about our money. You see, not only our money is what God wants us to give to him. But God also wants our service. He wants us to surrender all to him so that he can use us for his kingdom. Everything. The secret things belong to God. When you begin to believe God and you set your affection on God, there is nothing that God won't give you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? How much does it cost you to serve God? We are begging people to serve in in ushering department and and ushers will come when they want to come. They won't even come and clean the room. They won't won't clean TV. They won't do this. Because they want us to beg them. They show up on Sunday and they have S around them as, as if I owe them. If you don't want to serve, sit down! Let others take opportunity and get a blessing. Come and sing in their car. See, don't sing. There will be a difference. Lady Irene was not this good with musical. When people were bragging to us, she took a microphone and grace fell on it. God will use anybody that avails himself for the service of the God's house. And it has to cost you something. Listen, we cannot serve God out of our convenience. It must cost us something. How much is it costing you to serve God? How many minutes will it take to come and clean this church and, and clean washroom? Or you are, you are better than that. It's no position when it comes to kingdom. David said it is better to be a servant in the course of God's house. Servant, Keke. Servant. How much is it costing you? We are all somebodies. But we are all nobodies. Do you know God can just speak to somebody and they will carry anything and give to you? If God finds you faithful. Have you if God finds you faithful, there is nothing that God can give you. God is looking for people to, he says the wealth of the wicked, he would give it to the righteous. But even the righteous are not faithful to him. How can he give it to you? No, no. Have you seen money? Sir, I met a man, eh? He flies in a, in a jet. He flies in what? 
Everywhere he goes, he's in a jail. When you see his house, you will run. I went to his house. The cars that are, are not being driven, I'm not talking about the ones that they are driving. The ones that they are driving, they're plenty. The brand new cars that Yenti and Ona, then I saw the man come to pray with me and my bishop. God, we depend on you. God, we beg you. Show us mercy. God, you know I'm nobody without you. God, I depend on you. God, you are my strength. God, I'm... Hey! Me, I'm my big boy. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, he's kneeling before the altar. God, I depend on you. God, without you, I'm nobody. God... Every Friday, the person goes for prayer. Big boy! On all standards! Consultant to president. God, we depend on you. Oh, I'm tired. I'll watch TV. I'm t- it's not costing anything to say, God, look at your life. Turn to anybody and say, look, you see your life? I have to be honest with you. So, it's not like I came to disrespect anybody, but, but you see, there's so much God can do for you, but your pride is too much. That you see, anything that competes with God, the thing takes advantage. Oh, we have to go and watch ball. We have, have a friend's party, have this to go, we have a wedding, have a funeral. Anything that competes with God, the thing wins over God. Yet you want God to give you favor. You are not serious. If you were God, will you favor somebody like you? Now I'm asking you a question. God starts giving some my bread, my bread. The day you want to rest is Sunday. I used to pray with some guy, very rich guy. The day he, he puts meeting everywhere to go and pray with him, he wants me to be there 5 30 a.m. or 6 because I have a meeting at 7. And I'm so serious. Your primest time is for people. God, I'm either there at 7 or 11 p.m. or 12 midnight. He didn't say, no, no, no. After a while, I said, this guy doesn't respect God. You are going through crisis. Let's meet and pray. He said, Man of God, let's do it on the weekend. You pray for me. Pray for me. Weekend. He lost everything. And he keeps losing. I've met a governor who has serious money. Every first Friday, him, his security details, his guards, they fly from his state to Nigeria takes helicopter and goes to redeem Christian church. Everybody goes. Children, security. I said, how many people? How many people? He doesn't miss it. No matter the nation with, whichever meeting he's having, he will leave and come. And yet, every night, he's praying. Every night, he's that's all. I said, this guy, the campaign season, high peak. When it is time for prayer, he, would, he can be in a meeting and say, please, it's time for prayer. Wait for me. He will go and call his bishop and say, Bishop, we are in a meeting, but please, can we pray small? The fire must go on. They just, they just, just, just launched a, a campaign or something and they were doing, and he fasted for his seventh anniversary. They did a fast. They prayed. The archbishop went there to preach. So they prayed. When they finished the prayer, in evening home, they finished the prayer, his security details him that, sir, so now that you have finished all these prayers, will you still pray at night? He says, the fire must keep burning. 
They ended the meeting at 11, 12 midnight. He's in the place of prayer. God, thank you for today. You have showed us mercy. Thank you for your kindness. Why won't God bless him? What you Today I want to sleep. Tomorrow I want to. Please listen. If you want to be a Christian businessman, you must be on fire for God. If you want to be successful, you must give God his place. How many times do Muslims pray? Five times. How many times do you pray in a day? Sometimes a whole week. You've not even prayed once. And yet you are wondering why things are not working. No sacrifice. It doesn't cost you nothing. When we say give to God, you, you give him 10 CDs. Your girlfriend that you have, some of you have girlfriends. Some of you, you have girls that you are toasting. You have not yet eaten, but you are toasting. How much do you send to them? How, how much do you give to your children to go for summer camp and things like that? Yet, how much do you, how much do you give to God? Even the tithe, you are, you are calculating. Mm, this month, no, hey God, no, no, tithe. It's not bonus I pay tithe on. I just pay tithe on my salary. If you cannot honor God with 20,000 as a tithe, God can never bring you one million. If you can't be faithful to God at this age, God knows you won't be faithful to him when you grow up. Business people, you do business. You don't bring me tithe. The tithe doesn't come. You make the money. You say, oh, my money doesn't come regular. When it comes, do you pay? Hello? You say your money doesn't come, but you eat every week. You buy food in your car every week. Yet you don't honor God. The whole week, the food you bought in your car, is it no more than 20 Ghana? Yet you give God 20. Some of them 10. Some of them you don't give God anything at all. And you wonder why people don't favor you. Why you are chasing after money and it's not coming. Because God knows that the one I even help you, you didn't honor me. Why should I add? Your money you give to us in this church, let me tell you, 90% goes back to you, individuals. Mm. somebody said that I shouldn't be saying it in the pulpit because Jesus said what you do with your right hand your left should not see if that is all Jesus wouldn't have asked in front of everybody I gave one I prayed for 10 people why did only one come Jesus no kind the woman came to pour oil on Jesus feet they said why this waste he said hey leave it he said whatever the gospel will preach this thing she's done he told somebody that came to us, you have not done anything for me. But this woman has come to do it for me. You are complaining. Jesus said it was in the Bible. Sacrifice averts curses from your life. Genesis chapter 8 verse 21. And the Lord smelled a sweet server and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite anymore every living thing as I have done. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. God was the one who said it. He averted a curse because Noah went out of his way to sacrifice so many things for him. Sometimes God wants you to give him and you have nothing left. You have what? Nothing left. Give him. You have nothing left. Give him. Because it's a covenant. It's a spiritual key to your success.
Let's look at another benefit. Because sacrifice enacts covenant. Psalm 50 verse 5. He says, gather my saints together unto me. Those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Look at it. Verse 6. And the heavens shall declare his righteousness. For God is judge himself. It's in the Bible. Look at it. And the heaven, when you, God said, when you give me a sacrifice, the realm of the spiritual will declare your right standing with God. He says, for God, he said, he himself will sit to that the case. When it comes, see, when somebody comes against you, carry a sacrifice, he has to cost you something. I'm not talking about your convenience. Bring it before God. And God says, I will sit in judgment concerning this matter. Sometimes, some of you, I know your stories. You don't know, I know. I carry a sacrifice and I put that God sit in judgment over this case. Sometimes there's death against you. Sometimes it's against your child. I carry a sacrifice and bring it before God that God sit in judgment concerning this matter. Somebody was praying, had a problem, was praying, and he, he, the, the, the person carried dollars. Since I was praying, God said I should bring you this money. Carried the money and gave it to me. She thought I was going to chop the money. Said this money is blood, though. This one we don't eat. This one is food for the ghost. This is sacrifice. I carried everything. Not a, that day. Can I tell you something? I didn't have money for fuel. My bar in the car was two. It was how many? Drove the car from Marriott Hotel and carried the seat and placed it and said, God, sit in judgment concerning this matter. When the person went to the office, the company said, we are going to pay all your legal fees concerning this matter. Do you know how much lawyers charge for top cases? You know we joke money. But the sacrifice the person placed in the hand of God. I laid, I said, God, this is my money. It's not my, this one is blood I can't eat. Many of the times when you give him money, it's blood I lay before God. Ah. When it costs you something, when I touch the money, I feel it in my heart. I know that this one we don't eat. We are abus a sacrifice. This is the food of the gods. We don't eat. We lay it before the other. How much is it costing you? See, the fact that you are around me and I'm laying my hands on you doesn't mean things. This church, what works as sacrifice is the easiest. It opens. Boom. If you are close to me, you find out that most of the money that comes, I give. So most of the things that I do in my place, I don't pay. Home. People bring the things. I just use it. What is it costing you? This year, we say we are going to thrive. Are you thriving? My son carried the seed and brought his papa. I want to sow this seed. He sowed the seed. Boom! Things started working for him. Hey, that money I didn't eat. I eat the least. I sowed the best. Because in this life, whatever you cannot see, you cannot possess. Because any time a plague is coming against you, sacrifice is what terminates plagues. What is it that has been plaguing your life? Try sacrifice. It will terminate that problem. Yeah. When you go home, go and read. Second Samuel chapter 24, verse 22 to 25. And then the last one. Sacrifice is the altar of supernatural turnarounds. Sacrifice brings a supernatural turnaround to your life. First Kings chapter 17, verse 8 to 16. Yeah. So altar is the termination of plague. Second Samuel chapter 24, verse 22 to 25. When David offered the sacrifice, immediately the situation changed. 
Whenever you are faced with a problem that you can't solve, put a sacrifice on the altar. Carry it. Feel it. If this church, listen to me, if this church will try sacrifice, everything will change. Listen to me. If everybody would decide to go all out to sacrifice, this church will be the most fearsome church. One, one day in this church, somebody came to this, somebody in this church sent me money. I think it was 3,000 cities. Then the following week or two, send me 9,000. Ah. I was like, what is, what is, what is this guy doing? Then the person sent me, I think, $4,000. But we have needs in the church, so I use it to pay. The person had been chasing for a job from, I think, yeah, 2020 or something. The moment he released the 4,000, and the 4,000 releasing was difficult. The person said, Pastor, this thing I'm feeling it, too. I'm feeling it. Boom. Somebody was back. When he sent the first two money, he got a contract to supply something for about 500 pieces. The moment he released the $4,000, which he was feeling, the people called back and said, Please supply 500 more. Before the person will supply one, order even one. The people paid the whole money in full. The plague of financial struggle just broke off the guy's life. Easy. No more struggle. Listen. I can preach nice sermons, eloquent sermons, line upon line, precept upon precept. If you if I neglect the element of sacrificial giving, it won't work. Close your eyes and pray. It must cost you something. Now that you know that the secret is sacrifice. Sacrifice. Abraham built four major altars in his life. Four major. And sacrifice everything. When he, he God asked him for Isaac again, God said, now I know that you fear me indeed. In blessing, I will bless you. That was when God said, in blessing, I'll bless you. So before that, when God was talking, what was it? God said, it had not costed you everything. Now, I know. I want you to pray. God is calling you to a lifestyle of sacrifice. A lifestyle of sacrifice. A lifestyle of sacrifice. This year, we are giving every money the last we were left with 12,000 CDs in our church account a man of God called me and said help me buy my ticket I took 10,000 out of the 12 and gave to the man the entire church we had not even done salaries 12,000 we paid 10 out of it then the heavens boom broke open that between August and first week in October we had paid off five years rent of a commercial real estate property I want you to pray God bring me to the lifestyle of sacrifice how much is it costing you for God 
it must see there's a point we must come into where it must cost you everything you give god you don't even know where you're going to eat you trust god you are not complaining you are praising god thanking god for the opportunity to give when you get to that level of sacrificial giving there is nothing that god can give you there is nothing that god can there is nothing that god can give you there is nothing that god can give you there is nothing that god can give you last year somebody brought me 100k i gave everything to god this year somebody brought 200 because god found me faithful with 100 he's brought 200 it didn't come from the same person but god is amazing god knows that i'll set my affection on him will you set your affection on god will you be committed to the kingdom agenda not all pastors are charlatans and thieves not all of us not all of us i want you to pray because it has nothing to do with the pastor he had nothing to do with the pastor's temperament or his weakness he has everything to do with your covenant with god i want you to open up your mouth and pray i want you to pray unto god and say my god i will trust you with sacrifice lord whatever i have it belongs to you come on lift up prayer unto god heavenly father in the name of jesus we have come unto you we have come to the altar of sacrifice. We have come to the company of just men made perfect. We have come to the city of God. We have come to the new Jerusalem. We have come to you, O God. Father, do a miracle in the life of your people. Bless this house. Bless our family. Bless your people. As we sacrifice, as we fight, as we honor you, Jesus, do a miracle in our life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for